Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. We believe that God has a unique calling on each and every one of our lives. And, and when we find that and we live that out and we fulfill that, that is the purpose that God gave us for being on this earth. And it gives meaning, it gives purpose, it gives direction, it provides everything for us in life. And so um, we've been talking about it each week. We started a couple weeks ago talking about putting God at the center of your life, that, that when you choose to follow Christ, you put him at the center of your life, not on the periphery. You, you become wholehearted following him. And when he becomes the center of your life and his ways become your ways, it begins to shape everything else. And it's got to start from the center because life is lived from your center. And then we talked about the community of your life, that once you establish Christ as the center of your life, then you commit to a community of faith where we learn and we grow together. And as we do that, we start shaping our character. And that's what we talked about last week, that that God is in the process of shaping our character. And he uses all these different things to develop us into a Christ-likeness. That's what he wants for our life, that our life become a reflection of who he is. And the last three weeks have been kind of foundational. And I'm excited about this week and next week because we're going to start building on that foundation. Because when we get into this week and next week, what we're going to be talking about is how it becomes unique to you and to me. Um, How it's going to become just kind of more focused in on what is your unique calling? What is your purpose in life? And so that's where we're going to pick it up. Um, We're in the book of Romans, if you want to turn there. Chapter 12, and if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, the book of Romans in the Bible is simply a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to the church in Rome. And, and all, of the book, uh, all of this book is writings explaining God's purposes and God's work in this world from creation up right until their time and carrying on into our time. And as he went, goes through all this, he starts to bring it down to real personal chunks. And in Romans 12, that's what he does. He starts bringing it down like we're going to do today to your life and to mine. So he says in verse 3, he writes these words. For by the grace of God given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many, many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. In that little section, Paul gives all kinds of really good insight onto how to discover God's unique calling on your life. We're going to kind of unpack that, and we're going to do it um, a little bit differently this week than we do normally. First of all, we're going to keep the sermon shorter than usual. So if this is your first time at Northgate, you pick the right day. Um, and, and But we're going to cover a lot of material. I'm going to go move pretty quickly because at the end of this, what we're going to do is give you some practical application. We're going to give you a chance 
to do something, which is the whole point of all of this. So how do you discover and, and find and fulfill your unique calling, what God wants to do with your life? And it starts with this. You start by honestly evaluating your unique makeup, that you have something to offer this world. Even if it's just your little corner of this world, you have something to offer. And God has shaped you and equipped you with everything you need to fulfill that calling. That's his call on your life. Paul put it this way. By the grace of God given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now, he starts and he ends that whole section with this idea of every one of you, each and every one of you. So that means there's no exceptions in this room. Okay? He's speaking to you. I know you think he's speaking to the person next to you, but he's really speaking to you. It's to each and every one. And what he says is that each of you is created uniquely. And you need to discover what that is. And and it's a combination of a lot of things. First of all, you have unique abilities. You have unique abilities. Some of them are natural God-given talents, and some of them are skills that you have learned along the way. Some of us have talents that athletic talents. Some of us have artistic talents. Some of us have creative talents. Some of us uh, are, are gifted in writing or, or in speaking. Some of, us has, some of us have musical talents. I used to think I had a musical talent, and then I discovered I don't which is why I sit in the front row here so nobody in front of me has to listen to me sing. Um, I actually have uh, this whole hookup here. with It's got a little battery pack here. And on the battery pack, there's a, there's a mute switch, okay? That's to turn me off. Now, what they did a number of years ago was they said, okay, we will take care of that. They taped it closed so it can't be turned off. I don't have any control over that. It's up to them when I'm going to be on and when I'm going to be off. Uh, but every once in a while, every once in a while, they forget. And every once in a while, you might hear some off-key singing coming out of these speakers. And you're wondering, who in the world is that? What happened to Jesse? That would be me, okay? And it's not my fault. It's Ron's. So talk to him, okay? Um, No, we all have talents. And your talents are not the same as mine, and mine are not the same as yours. And along with your talents, you have skills and abilities, things that you have learned over the years. Some of you have great mechanical skills, Some of you have great technical skills. You understand technology like nobody else. Some of you have learned skills in business and finance and construction and whatever it might be. You have a set of skills that you have learned along the way. You have a set of natural talents that God has given to you. And they are all a part of the mix of who you are and what makes you unique. And along with abilities comes experiences. Each of us have had personal experiences that God has used to shape our lives. Great, successful experiences, disappointing and painful experiences, failure experiences. But God uses every experience you have gone through in your life to help shape who you are. Even even the painful experience. God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes an experience. God has this incredible ability to redeem any experience. Look at what he did with Christ, who gave his life on the cross. Dead, buried. That's it. It's all over. God redeemed, raised him up. God, if you are in the middle of one of those painful experiences right now, here's the good news. God can redeem it. God can make something good of it. 
And he is in that process shaping you, shaping your character, shaping who you are. And on top of that, every one of us has certain passions, heartbeats, things that, that, that we're really excited about. And you know what your passions are when you start thinking about them or start getting involved in them, your heart just beats a little bit faster. And some of us in this room, we have a passion for children. We, we just love children. We love kids. We love hanging out with kids. We love being involved in kids' lives. Some of us, we like our kids, and we put up with all the others, okay? But some of us have a passion for children. Some of us in this room have a passion for students, for high schoolers and middle schoolers, because you understand that is a crucial point in life. That is a season in life in which major life decisions are being made. And if you could speak into that, if you could have influence in a teenager's life, if you could do something to help change the direction or, or, or steer the direction of their life, man, that just, that just gets you excited. Some of us have a passion for people who are hurting and grieving. Some of us have a passion for the poor and the needy and the marginalized of our society. Some of us have a passion for other cultures. See, your passion is a part of how God uniquely shaped you. And then on top of all of that, he adds something else, spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are not the same thing as talents and abilities. They are different. What Scripture teaches is that when you become a Christ follower, when you entrust your life into His hands, when you put Him at the center of your life, what Scripture says is the Spirit of God Himself indwells you. And when the Spirit of God indwells you, He also comes with an empowerment and an enablement to serve Him with ministry gifts. These are divine gifts. God-given empowerments and enablings to be able to do the work that he's called you to do. And every one of us in this room have been given gifts. In fact, if you go through the New Testament, there are at least 27 different spiritual gifts that are outlined just in the New Testament. And and, and we looked at a couple of them in this passage in Romans 12. Um, If you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's a whole other list that's added to that. And Ephesians chapter 4 adds a few more. And throughout Scripture, there's all kinds of these different gifts. Now, we're familiar with kind of the more upfront ones like pastor, teacher, evangelist, or, or missionary. But did you know, did you know there is a spiritual gift of hospitality? It is the God given ability to make other people feel welcome and at home, even when it's not your home. It is a a divine enablement. It is a God-given gift. And I've seen people who have this gift, and, and usually they're not the nicest homes. They're just the most open homes. They use their home for the service of the kingdom of God. And they have this gift, even when it's not their home, of just making people feel welcome and like they belong. That is a spiritual gift. There is a spiritual gift of giving that some people have. And it's not, often it's not wealthy people. Like usually wealthy people have the hardest time with giving. <laughs> but there is a spiritual gift. Now, all of these things, by the way, are things that we are all called as Christ followers to do. We are, we are called to be hospitable, to practice hospitality. We are called to be givers. We are called to be all of those things. But, but some of us have, have, have an extra gifting. It's almost like the difference between a general practitioner and a specialist in the medical field. And all of us have these areas of specialization. There is a gift, believe it or not, of helps. The spiritual gift of helps is one that someone has that they, they don't like to be up front. They're not the lead person, but they come alongside someone with using their ministry gifts and somehow by, by connecting with them, it maximizes that other person's ministry. That is a crucial 
gift that is needed in the church. You have been given a gift, at least one. Because he said, each and every one of you. Now, what you need to do is figure out where they are. Where are your talents? Where are your abilities? And that's what he says. He says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. That's the key phrase. It's being honest with yourself. It's recognizing your strengths, but it's also being honest about your weaknesses. What it really is, is it's it's humility. An honest assessment of who you are. And sometimes you can't see those things in yourself, but other people can see them in you. But it has to be a humble spirit. He wrote to the Philippian church, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, don't use your gifts for your own glory. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Just honestly, humbly, look at how God has equipped and gifted and resourced you. And then, the second thing is, then with that, consider where you can be most effective. Because the chances are you have more than one talent, you have more than one gift, you have more than one ability, you've had all kinds of these experiences, and there's a number of possibilities where you could serve. But the key is to find where you can be most effective, where you can be most helpful. Paul uses the example of a human body. Verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Now, he uses this example of a human body. He said, listen, your human body is made up of all kinds of different members. You have at least 12 different systems. You have a muscular system. You have a, a skeletal system. You have a circulatory system, a respiratory system, a digestive system. You've got all these different systems. And every system that you have is also made up of all a bunch of different organs and tissues and structures. Even within the system. In the same way that your human body operates when all of these different parts and pieces come together and work together, so it is in the body of Christ. We, the church, are called the body of Christ. A local gathering of believers. We are a local body of Christ. And what he's saying is that in every, within here, every one of us has a part to play in the body. You have a function. You have a gift. You have an ability. I have a function, gift, and ability. And the body is most healthy when everything is functioning as it should. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If you want to know where your sweet spot is, do an assessment of your gifts and talents and abilities, and then look for a need that you could meet with them. And when you take your abilities and gifts and you find that need that can be most served by it, that's your sweet spot. That's where you're going to be most effective. And he says, each of us, we all have these different gifts. You discover your gifts and your abilities as a part of the body. You can't discover them without it. If you're not connected into a faith community, if you're not connected into a church and a local body of believers, then then you're not going to be able to discover because you only can function as a part of the body. Now, you might discover that gift and start using it within the church body, but then also out in the community, but it starts within your church body. 
God has shaped you, God has gifted you, and God has placed you here right now because he has something for you to do. I mean, think about it. Just the, the simple fact of taking a walk, everything that is involved in taking a walk, it starts with your skeletal system. You got bones, and then there's muscle and, 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 and tendons and ligaments and everything that holds that all together, okay? But then it is also connected to a brain that coordinates all of this stuff, and it's also connected to some eyes that give you spatial recognition and know where you're going. There's a little part in the inner, inner ear, a little tiny part in your inner ear that provides stability, that provides your equilibrium and your balance. If you don't have that, you can't walk. Well, you can, but you're going to end up flat on your face, <laughs> And then you got these feet that provide that stability. And even baby toes that just actually, if you think your baby toe is kind of like just a wasted part of the body, wait till you stub it. And then you realize how much you use that baby toe. See, that's what I'm saying. You, every part plays a part. Now, you could walk if not every part was working, but you wouldn't walk the best. You'd limp. Or you'd stagger. Or you'd trip. See, they all need to be functioning. This is the point that we are connected and we are dependent on each other. We are connected and dependent on each other. God has placed the parts in the body. This is what he says. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be. It is God who shaped you. It's God who gifted you. God has placed you here. See, God did it just the way he wanted. And, and he's saying, in fact, he goes on, he talks about this. He says, now, if the foot for some reason would decide, hey, I'm not a hand, so obviously I don't belong here. He says, that wouldn't make the foot no longer a part of the body because it's needed. And he goes on. So so what he's saying is, don't minimize your contribution. Don't minimize what you can do. If you think, I'm not that or I'm not that, so I don't play a part, that's just wrong. And then he goes on, he says, and don't minimize somebody else's contribution. He says, the eye can't say to the hand, hey, you're no eye, you don't belong here. Because the hand would say, all right, Just remember that tomorrow morning when you're trying to put your contacts in. See, eyes need hands, need feet, need arms, need heads. For the body to be healthy, everything has to be functioning. When you don't use your gifts and abilities and talents, we all suffer. And you miss out. Because you miss out on what would be the most fulfilling and meaningful thing you would do with your life because you're not using what God designed you and gave you to use. So do an honest assessment and then, and then look at where you can make the best contribution. And then the last one is simply this. Use whatever your gift you have and whatever ability to serve others. Just use those gifts. That's what he says. First Peter 4.10. Peter talks about this as well. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here's a question for you. What difference would you make in somebody's life if you knew that you could? Because God has gifted you 
and equipped you to do that. He's given you the ability to do it. What would you do? How would you touch somebody else's life? How would you make a difference in this world if you knew that you could? Because you can. You know, the, the old Nike commercial, just do it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Just do it. The very best way, we offer classes, okay? Our membership class, we talk about this a little bit more. And we've got a membership class coming up this afternoon if you want to find out more about that. We also have a, a class we do around here called Finding Your Fit. And it's a, this delves a little bit more deeply into all of this. And classes are helpful and knowledge is valuable. But the best way, the best way is to simply start doing and what we've done around here is we've, we've kind of devised a system as best we can um, for on-the-job training. And if you show an interest in a ministry, you think, hey, this is my... And by the way, if you want to know where do I start, start with your heart. I am really interested in children. I am really interested in high school or middle school students. There's something about them that just makes my heart beat. Whatever your heart might be. Or, or look at what talents you have and say, hey, I could do that. I could help with that. But just start somewhere. Do something. He says if your gift is serving, then serve. Do it. If it's teaching, then teach. Do it. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. Just do it. It is the best way to discover. And you can test drive a ministry. And we provide on-the-job training, and we'll, we'll give you an opportunity. And, and if you start in a ministry and you just say, well, you know what? I just don't think this is my fit. We'll let you quit. We really will. I know nobody believes that, but we will. Because maybe you served in a church before, and when you signed on, you signed on for life, and you couldn't get out of there unless you left the church, okay? We, won't want you to li- we don't want you to live the church, okay? So we'll let you quit instead. But then find somewhere else. Because you're equipped and shaped and gifted to serve. And so, do it, he says. Now, if you are like me, you will probably at times feel inadequate. You know, some of the greatest heroes of Scripture, when God called them, felt inadequate. Moses felt inadequate. God used him to lead the nation of Israel out of their captivity. You will make mistakes. Oh boy, you will make mistakes. But don't let that stop you from doing it. And you will sometimes get tired. But don't let that stop you from doing it. If you need a rest, we will give you a rest. But serve. And when you serve, serve with your whole heart. Look at what he says. If your gift is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He wrote to the Colossian church these words. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Give it your all. Find out what it is and then pour yourself into it. Give it your all. You know what makes, what makes this church such a special faith community? Is not the music, although that's pretty awesome. It's not the preaching. That's fairly adequate. What it is, is the people who are serving. God is using them. And if you are currently serving in a ministry, can I just say thank you? You are making a difference in people's lives. Children's lives, students' lives, adults' lives. And if you are not serving, get in the game. God has shaped you and equipped you and gifted you. 
Use what he's given you. See, that's what makes this place. From day one, we have always said, because our mission is to help unchurched people become wholehearted followers, which means, which means by definition that those of us who are here will always be paying the way and paving the way for those who are not yet here. It, it's part of our DNA. It has been from day one. And, and as we're moving into this new season and into this new building, that's what we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to need more and more help. We're going to need more and more ministers. We're going to need more and more servers. We're going to need more and more people helping in all kinds of different areas. And so what we're going to do when we close today is we're going to go over there and we're going to give you an opportunity to find out a place where you can serve. So would you stand with me? Because typically we end with a bowed heads and give you a chance to reflect. But we don't want you to reflect today. We want you to do. All right? And, 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 and typically I leave you with a blessing. But today I'm going to leave you with a commissioning. So here's what I would like you to do. Reach across the aisle and join hands. Okay? Everybody holding hands with somebody else. Connected on one side or the other. And I want you to look around because this is God's design for his church. This is his design for you. Hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, side by side, serving together for the kingdom of God. That's how he designed it. That's how it functions. And if you don't do your part, we all suffer. And you miss out. But imagine, imagine just every one of us in this room, right here and right now, found one place to serve. One place where you could make a difference. Imagine what that would do in multiplying the ministry of this church. So I'm not going to leave you with a blessing. I'm going to leave you with a commissioning. I know you'd rather have a blessing, (laughs) but tough. (laughs) You're going to get a commissioning. And then what we're going to do is we're going to make our way over to the new building, and you're going to see what's going to go on there. And when we get over there, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. Now, by the way, if you have children that are in the dig ministry, don't go pick them up, okay? We're we're letting you out early. Um, We've got classes covered. We don't want children in there. It's a kind of a safety thing, and we don't want you to disrupt the classes that are going on there. So they're fine. Just go ahead and make your way on over there. But here's the commissioning I'm going to leave with you, and it's going to be coming right from what we've looked at today. Each of you. Use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. But whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you are working for the Lord. And all of God's people said to that, amen, amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Make your way over quickly. We're going to reconvene over there, give you a few words and instructions to give you a chance to see this new space. Make your way quickly. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.